From ThatShelf.com, this is Black Hole Films. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. What's a black hole film, you ask? Well, you know those films you always meant to get around to watching, but you never did for whatever reason? Well, that's what they are. And this podcast is all about embracing them and checking those films off our lists and talking about them and whatever else happens to come up. I'm Canadian filmmaker Jeremy Lalonde, and I will be your host. You can follow me on Twitter at LalondeJeremy, or check out my website, JeremyLalonde.com, for more information on me and my projects. If you like the show, please subscribe to it, rate, review it, and leave a comment on whatever platform it is you're listening. It really does make a difference in helping to get more ears tuning in. And if you like this show, check out the others on the ThatShelf.com family of podcasts. And without further delay, let's get into this week's film. This is episode 122, and today I'm joined by actress Rebecca Grenier, and we're going to sit down and watch a film together. All right, so we're sitting down to watch Temple of Dune, or Temple, I should say Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom. I'm Jeremy. I've seen this movie a ton. I'm Rebecca Grenier. I've never seen this movie. But you have seen Raiders of the Lost Ark. Yes, but I remember none of it. Oh, no! Well, it doesn't really matter. You're okay. This And this... Uh, this doesn't spoil anything. This actually takes place before. It's te- oh. it's technically a prequel, although all all the movies are pretty standalone. You okay. don't really need to have seen the previous ones. Although, man, Raiders is you really if you don't remember Raiders, you got to rewatch Raiders. Does does the rolling ball happen in Raiders? Yeah, that's the that's Raiders. Okay, see, I only remember that image from Full House, not from the actual movie. From Full House, did they do a parody sometime? It's like, DJ is, they're at some sort of, like, amusement park, and DJ, uh, they see an Indiana Jones. Like, Holy shit, I remember that. Yeah. Oh, yeah, they go to Disney World. They go. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah Disney DJ World has a, uh, yeah, it's at MGM, um... They do this, this pretty amazing, like, live stunt spectacular. Yes. Yeah. And it's still on. I saw it when I, was, when I went there as an eight-year-old, and they, I was there two years ago with my kids, and they still have it. Amazing. It's one of the, the touchstones that they keep around, because it's pretty phenomenal. Yeah. So, uh, like, I can picture that over and over, but I can't picture Harrison Ford doing it. Hilarious. <laughs> you should really rewatch Raiders then. <laughs> so, you, so, then, so what do you know about Indiana Jones going into this? Like, I remember, I've seen Crystal Skull, so I remember a bit of that. Oh, fuck. (laughs) Jesus Christ. I saw that one in theaters, so, like, I know I can recognize the love interest, and I know a bit about Shia LaBeouf, I guess. Yeah, Shia's in that one. Uh, Okay, so that's, you've seen the absolute worst of the series, and you've seen the absolute, and you've seen, but don't remember the absolute best. Yeah. And, And you probably have, and you don't know Last Crusade, then I assume, which takes place after no. That's fine. Uh, so what do you, so of the character, um, so I guess let's, let's, I'm just, it's funny every time I, I mention to people that I'm like, oh, I'm going to watch Temple of Doom for the podcast. Like who the fuck has not <laughs> seen Temple of Doom? Yeah. And so, no, that's okay. Cause you, but, cause, but you're also like a movie nerdy person, yeah. right? So that's why it's even more surprising to me. So how is it that Indiana Jones, with the exception of those one has kind of become, like you didn't see the whole series. Right. Was it that you just, I guess you watched the first one and you just wasn't into it. I watched the first one four years ago because a guy heard that I hadn't seen it and was like, what? 
You Man. have to watch this movie. Dudes fucking love that. <laughs> it's, it's, we did a Baroness sketch about that. <laughs> and I think we actually used Indiana Jones as a reference. There you go. For a way to, for girls to get guys to like come onto them in bars. It's just a loudly mention. Oh, have. yes, I've seen that sketch. Yeah. 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 Uh, so, so some dude yeah. forced you to mansplain why, why Indiana Jones is so good. Made me dinner. We watched the movie. Great. Yeah. Great time. But you don't. So I know why you don't remember the movie now. Because one thing led to you were not paying attention to that movie. I no, I literally like remember the meal. We never hung out again, so it's not even oh. like that. Like it wasn't even like oh, oh great okay. time, ignoring movie. No. Oh, that's well. That's, <laughs> you didn't get you didn't get a good date out of it. You didn't nope. remember the movie. No. Nope. Ah, uh, you really pooched that. <laughs> uh, so what what movies did you love growing up then? Um. Oh, man, this is going to be so contradictory because I, I watched what my father and my brothers loved. Yeah. So, and they did love these movies. Like, I can see the VHSs that my dad, like, had, but I just... But were they much older than you? Yeah, so... So that's I probably have, why. Yeah, I have a brother who's four years older and then one that's seven years older. So they just squeaked through. Yeah. So they probably, we were watching those movies a bunch together and then by the time you were old enough... Yeah. They moved on to something else. Right. So what kind of stuff were you watching? I mean, in terms of movies, like, all the Disney ones, obviously, but then from their gamut of stuff, it was, like, Star Wars over and over again. And yeah. Yeah. Action movies, for sure. I, I really don't know why. Oh, that's <laughs> okay. this one. But that, no, here's the thing. I'm so excited. I, I collect people who have not seen big, iconic ones, mm-hmm. and I just kind of assumed I would never find someone to watch one of the Indiana Jones movies with. Yeah. Uh, especially someone who hasn't seen the second one because it's one of those things where, uh, you know, I found someone who hadn't seen Star Wars but they hadn't seen any Star Wars. And I can almost see understand that more, especially because, you know, not to give away my hand, but it's, I think Raiders is easily one of the best action movies of all time. And so it's one of those things where I'm like, if you've seen Raiders, you usually go on to want to see... The rest in the series because Raiders is so good, um, and that's why it's even more more interesting. Right. So I'm not trying to shame you. No, I, promise. I don't feel shame. Don't worry. I promise. That's the, the, <laughs> I'm, I'm actually super excited. Okay. And my son is very mad at me right now because as we were we were walking home tonight, he's like, "What movie are you watching tonight on the podcast?" And I was like, "Temple of Doom." He's like, "God damn it!" He says, "Why can't I watch?" It's too late, buddy. He's so upset right now that he's not allowed to be out here watching Temple of Doom. Okay, so a little bit of pressure. No, no, no pressure. (laughs) Here's the thing. And here's the other thing I will say about Temple of Doom. Um, Temple of Doom, I I have a fun story I can tell after. Okay. uh, You need to have seen it to get some context to understand. But um, Temple of Doom, I I, I wouldn't say, I don't want to say it's the weakest of the series, because that's Crystal Skull, in my opinion, uh, by far. (laughs) Uh, But it's definitely a movie that is not without controversy. Okay. Um, and so I won't go any further than that. It's definitely the kind of movie that if you've got issues with it after you've watched it, you are probably not alone. So, like, I want to hear exactly how you feel. Don't feel like you've got to protect protect my feelings about this movie. Okay. If you if you hate this movie, or your son's feelings, or my, anyone's <laughs> feelings, that's just it. Like that's the beauty of this is like you're allowed to because a lot of times it's interesting when we go back and re- revisit a lot of these older iconic movies, and what I kind of love about how the podcast works 
is that some of these movies, I'm going to rewatch it and just like be washed over with nostalgia and all this stuff that like does not hold up over time. I'm just going to go, meh, 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 meh. I'm just going to let it wash over me and be like, nope, don't, no, 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 just try like not to think about it and blind my eyes. Where what I want to know from you is like this stuff that you're like, oof, you know, because a lot of times we rewatch these and you're like, yeah, that is not okay. <laughs> and, mm. and, and some of it was like that at the time. So this this is like a special interesting one in terms of uh, this series because uh, there's a lot of great fun stuff in here, but there's a lot of stuff in here that, yeah, is controversial is, is probably the easiest way of saying it. Okay. So without ruining any more, shall we just dive in? Let's watch it. All right, let's do it. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. We just finished, and I liked it. Did you? Yeah, yeah, you, I did. It's okay if you didn't. No, I did. It, I did. Yeah, I. It didn't have me at first with the portrayal of women. Oh, or, really? That's, that was a problem <laughs> in this movie. First of all, before we get into it, what did I, I? I ruined something that I didn't realize I was ruining right before we started. Oh yeah, I didn't know that it was a Steven Spielberg movie. Which would have been so delightful for me <laughs> for you to realize as we were watching it. But that's okay. You, you find out moments before. So yeah. it wasn't that long. Yeah, I mean, talk about it. Tell me all your things. Because I have a million things to say. But I'd love to, to get, like, your stuff off, off the top while it's fresh. I thought... Oh, I forget his name already. The kid? Uh, short Round. Okay. And he's... Indiana calls him Shorty, right? Yeah. Yeah, okay, so Shorty, I thought that he was like the funniest character and that they tried to make um, the love interest a, like a foil a little bit, but every time she did something like when she saw all the animals and, and that sort of stuff, I never found any of that funny until Shorty commented on it. Right. I think without him, she like she just like falls flat completely. Yeah. And it's really fascinating, especially because um, Raiders of the Lost Ark had such a strong female protagonist. Uh, Karen Allen played Marion, and like what a gr- it was such a great match for him that it's so interesting. In the second movie, they decide to use this lounge singer who is such kind of a, in a way, a girly girl, mm-hmm. um, as, as the love interest, this bumbling kind of like comedic foil, like you said. Mm-hmm. So it's an interesting decision to make for this series. And the second, I mean, there's a whole bunch of weird choices, especially it's like, if you, if you really break down Raiders versus this, it's like, it's bizarre that these two movies actually even take place in the same universe. Cause they feel like they're cut from such strangely different cloths. Although there's, there's a lot of similarities too. They are, uh, uh, a weird fit together. Um, you did, did you say that this one happens before? This one, yeah. And, um, I mean, I could double check that. I was pretty sure because that's something, something I realized when I was a kid and I was like, well, that got me really excited realizing uh, it took place before. And I think it makes it one of the first prequels in, of a major series. Uh, although, let me, let me just, I'm going to Google this really quickly. While we while we chat, because I'm almost entirely sure that I'm uh, I'm right on this. Well, if that is the case, then then maybe maybe now, yeah, it was it, a choice to make the f- 
female protagonist not as strong as the one that would come in the second film. Yeah, because this one takes place in 37. Timeline of films, one second. Thank you, nerds of the internet, for indulging... <laughs> oh my god, are they... Oh, they're... they're they... This one's crazy because it's got all the... There was also a TV show in the early 90s called um, The Young Indiana Jones. And they... Uh, yeah, Temple of Doom is 1935 and Raiders of the Lost Ark takes place in 1936. So it's a year later. Uh, yeah, so it is a it is a prequel, technically. Okay. Which also is, it was a weird choice to make because then you're basically saying it's like, oh, everything's going to work out fine. And none of the stuff that happens to him is going to ever put him in real danger. True. You know, especially there's that sequence, you know, th- three quarters through where his brain gets washed. Uh, we'll, we'll talk about that later. Uh, and then, but that's so that if you're, if you, if you, you know, know the years at the, when they put them up at the beginning, you go, oh, well, fuck, none of this, none of the stakes are really that, that high. Yeah. Interesting. And what were you going to say? So you thought maybe there was a choice if it was a prequel. Yeah, because um, the first movie, then this one, let's say it's the first movie, um, the female character is not as strong. And then the second movie, she's very strong and like very admirable. Yeah. It's like moving forward. It's like bringing women forward. And they did that. Maybe I'm... Well, what what it does do that's interesting is that it shows because it shows how he was... Because the whole idea with Marion is that he's someone from her, she's someone from his past, uh, and so you get the sense that in between when they had a relationship years ago and when he meets her in Raiders, that he was just hooking up with women, lounge singers, lounge singers. Okay. Yeah. So it does do that to okay. that argument. Um, it's interesting when I like now Raiders is by far my favorite uh, of the series and one of my favorite films overall. But when I was a kid, this was the one I liked the most. And I think it was mostly because of Short Round. Okay. Because I thought he was just phenomenal, and I'm sure I ran around quoting every single thing he said. Um, and I don't know if maybe this is the first one I saw, too. Okay. And my my this is definitely one I rewatched over and over again as a kid. And then I think I discovered Raiders a little bit later. Um, and... and the thing that I remember is that we had a VHS tape of this that was taped off television. <laughs> um, and so it had commercial breaks. Right. So there's almost like when I'm watching it, I feel like, oh, the commercial is going to come up. <laughs> but also what happened was that the tape ran out during that Minecraft minecart sequence. Okay. Uh, during when the water starts coming in. Right. So that's how the movie ended for me. <laughs> when I was a kid for the longest time. And so I, re- I would rewatch it and rewatch it just hoping maybe this time it'll go a little further, but it never did. And so it wasn't until I think they finally, after the third one came out, or at one point they finally released a box set of all the VHSs, and I picked that up. And that's the first time I watched the ending uh, all the way through. And I think I was like, huh. A little bit disappointed. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> because I think in my brain, I had so much time to just come up with different endings for it that uh, I'm sure no matter how it ended, it wouldn't have satisfied me. But it had to be some 
in the realm of Indiana returns the stone and everyone's happy, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, also the trope that it's like, you know, it sets off the beginning and he's like, fortune and glory. So you're like, oh, he's going to double cross him and take the stone for himself. Uh, and so, of course, he's going to return it and save them all. Yeah. You know, especially as, as soon as you know, and he's like, no, we're all even together. It's like, yeah, he's going to gonna save them and they're going to return to the village. But even halfway through, when he gets the stones for the first time, he hears the screams. And he can left then. Yeah. But he decides to, to stick around. Yeah. I So at that part, the snake on top of the skull moves. Yeah. And then the screams start happening. And I thought something was going to happen with that snake. I, I felt that that was like a dangling setup. Like, yeah, I guess it was, it was when he, he gives a little nod of respect. Yeah. And then he turns and then it moves a little bit. But then right away, that's when uh, we cut back to Kate Capshaw, who plays Willie and Short Round. And then people pop, start yeah, popping out captured. of the corners. Yeah. yeah. Fun fact, uh, Kate Capshaw, who plays Willie, that's how she and Steven Spielberg met. And they've been married ever since. Oh, wow. They uh, had a relationship and have had many, many children. That's wonderful. And, uh, yeah, so they met on the movie. Okay, great. So something good happened. Something good came out of... From that role. Yes, for her, for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Great. It's interesting. Um, So, uh, where to start? There's a lot of fun little Easter eggs. Um, I don't know if you noticed, when they first come out of that club at the beginning, it's called Club Obi-Wan. I did not notice that. So there's that. There's uh, the the guy that's escorting them onto the plane at the beginning of the movie is yes. Dan Aykroyd. Did I noticed you? that one. Yeah. Oh, amazing! Love I that. didn't know that until recently. Oh, okay. So some reason until watching it this time, I was really paying attention. Something that uh, Ken Cooperus, who's been on the podcast before, pointed out on our Facebook page uh, that I, I had never thought of as a kid watching it or any of my subsequent rewatches with my son. Was at the, during the opening number that Chinese version of Anything Goes, mm-hmm. she like disappears into the snake, and then it cuts into this giant Bugsley Berksley like dance number with you know dozens and dozens of singers. Yeah. So where the fuck does that take place? In some back room where there's no audience? Okay, I'm so glad you brought this up. Yes, where does it take place? And then also, why is there one clip that's done in reverse? Like they all do the kick, they do the kick oh. lines, and they go into the splits, and then. Against any possible like I didn't even notice things, that. they stand out of the split and kick backwards, and you see like it's just the same clip, Hilarious. just put in reverse for like two seconds. They, what a, it's funny that mistake is still in the film. That's amazing <laughs> though. I never, you know, I've never ever noticed that. But this is the first time I went, oh yeah. And I guess I, in my brain, I'm like, well, it's a flight of fancy. I guess I can let that go. The thing that bothered me this time around, and I think it's not the first time. I remember this bugging me as a kid, is. During that whole back and forth and that opening scene with the diamond and the poison and the antidote, it's like, if your goal is just to kill Indiana Jones, why even have an antidote? <laughs> you know, you're supplying him with it. I mean, you can have a thing that says, oh, this is the antidote. If you drink this, you'll live. Yeah. But it doesn't have to actually be anything. True. Clearly, he believed he bought it. You know, you could have just, it could have been fucking water. You know, he would have known. Yeah. And then you just let him take it, and you, you all walk out, and he goes away and drinks it, and he still dies. Also, was that drink offered to him, or did he order it? I just don't know they, why. It's, like, it's I just think there, it's and he it's just there it. at one point, and he takes it. Yeah. <laughs> it's not a great choice. <laughs> uh, no. th- so that really, really bothered me this time around. Was the Lazy Susan 
Do you think it was added like in, in the script or was that just like, we have this huge table, they're too far away from us. How are we going to get this exchange to go back and forth? Lazy Susan. Oh, who knows? Uh, <laughs> you know, I, have, I, I haven't actually, I've read Raid of the Raider screenplay, uh, but I haven't read the Temple of Doom one. I'd be curious to know. Yeah. yeah. So also in that scene, the first shot where, where you get the title card, um, she, you said it was a snake that she's in she comes out. Oh, yeah, I didn't. I didn't know it was a snake, but I. It's I think just it's a this snake. like. It's just this um, like. Giant. Red, yeah. Giant vagina. Yeah, it's a giant <laughs> vagina, and then it says on the screen "Temple of Doom," and I was hilarious. Like, okay. Oh my god. <laughs> That's I've never noticed that. Bless you. <laughs> Bless you. That's amazing. Amazing. Yeah. yeah. So. Uh, so we talked a bit about the depiction of women in the film. Do you want to talk about all the cultural stuff? Because <laughs> that's the stuff that I think as a kid just washed over me. But like all that stuff with like them eating at dinner. I mean, there's so much. I mean, the tribe pretty much like, like the thing that the movie got backlash for. I think even when it first came out was how culturally insensitive it seemed. Right. Um, and just how it portrayed people of multiple cultures, really. I think I'm sure there was some backlash about the way that the, the people were treated in the, in the Singapore sequences in China, uh, but then especially in the sequences uh, in India. There's a lot of, uh, I mean, I got to be honest, I don't know a lot about, you know, native uh, Indian cultures or ancient Indian cultures, but I can only assume that a lot of that is just made up fantasy nonsense that uh is ridiculously offensive to to people yeah yeah i don't know much about the background of it either but i i would imagine that they definitely ruffled a few feathers during those scenes and and definitely that dinner scene yeah well it's just it's just it feels like it's it's just there to be funny yeah you know there's this constant running gag of Indy doing something serious, and it's almost like it's all the scenes where there's exposition. I was, yeah, I was going to say, and they interjected that, more that yeah. yeah. So it's like Indy's over here, kind of laying down the exposition, and the Willie's over here being crazy. <laughs> oh look, this guy's eating two eels at once. He's like double fisting it, and then here's some soup with some eyeballs in it. Uh, what? Yeah. Just okay. She doesn't say at that point. Indeed, there's eyeballs in this soup. <laughs> No. She just screams. But it's also, I mean, that one, that's one step removed. I do really love the scene in the village when they're, they're brought food and it's just like, you know, probably bug yeah. guts and that kind of stuff. And Indy's like, this is more food than they get in a week. And if you don't eat it, it's rude. Like that, it's like, that feels authentic. Yeah. And more like grounded in reality. Where the other one is just like so over the top. Yeah. Um, although I know like monkey brains is a thing. Really? Monkey brain. I think it's... I don't know if they still do it. I remember it's... Uh, I know it is like a delicacy. Just served in a severed head. Yeah, but I've also... <laughs> like, the things I've heard about it is that it's more that it's like... The, the monkeys come to the table live and it's no. like... They smash them and then that's the whole thing. It's like they're fresh and they're... Anyway, I don't want to talk about it. But uh, <laughs> it's horrifying. But um, but yeah, I think that is a, a thing that monkey brain... But the way it's done here is just really over the top and, yeah. and ridiculous. Anything else? Anything else? Um, In terms of just like 
Well, let's get all the negative stuff out of the way. Okay. And then we can talk about the stuff we liked. <laughs> Assuming there's stuff you liked. Yeah. Oh, I'm trying to think. There was there were just a bunch of moments where I, I laughed at, like, the corniness of it. Especially when Indy, like, does a big sweeping, like, turnaround near the end and, and like, just has his hat back on and he's, like, ready to save the day. And also that they added... I know you called it the minecart mine scene, but like it's a roller coaster, right? Yeah. Oh, they yeah. Just, they just added a roller coaster to this movie. Also, why I loved this as a kid. <laughs> yeah. I think that was in um, the original discussions for the first movie, too. As was, there's this amazing uh, document you can get online, which is a transcript of some, the first like brainstorming session that Steven Spielberg and George Lucas and Frank, no, it was Frank Marshall. Uh, oh, the writer. Um, Oh God! Why is, is I, I apologize? I should know this. My brain's fuzziest late at night. The writer of Raiders—they're all sitting down and brainstorming, and someone transcribed these these tapes that were found, and you can read them, and they're fascinating. Just watching, listening to the creative process, and as they're they're coming up with stuff like the whip, it's like he should have some kind of thing, and they and just like listening to the ideas they had before they, they came up with the whip. Okay, it's just really really great. Just just wa- listening to like those three you know genius people come up with, you know, one of the more iconic characters in cinema and just the, the workshopping brain stopping process. Yeah. Um, so the whip was one of the things that I was like, okay, like when he uses it to swing across the pit of lava and it's, Oh, that was just, too much for you? Well, he just whips it around this stone. Fine, great. It's secure. And he, he goes He didn't across. even really check it though. <laughs> I was thinking about it this time around. He didn't really give it a good, uh, a good check. But then on the other side, to get it off, it's just like a flick of the wrist. And I'm like, if that's how easy yeah, it is yeah, to I undo know. that. I think I thought that as a kid, too. <laughs> uh, Lawrence Kasdan, that's the name of the screenwriter that was, was on the tapes. Sorry, Lawrence Kasdan, you are a god. <laughs> um, yeah, there's little things like that. Yeah. I mean, the whole brainwashing sequence, I think even as a kid, I was like, what the fuck is this? Yeah. So all of them are brainwashed, but not the kids. And not it's the main real guy. fuzzy. Okay. It feels like the kids are slaves. Yeah. Um, the the prince guy, or the or the Maharaji. Yeah. Uh, he's brainwashed, but I don't think he's brainwashed when we see him at the opening of the film. Okay. So it's like it's almost like does he get brainwashed and unbrainwashed? Like, did you just bring him down here for ceremonies, make him drink blood, and then unbrainwash him and send him back upstairs? Or is, is he um, bra- was he brainwashing his upstairs? Same as the Prime Minister guy that has the big red circle painted on his head. Yeah. You know? What is... I don't know. They don't really provide a whole lot of explanation, mm-hmm. other than this is like an ancient... Uh, because the rest of the Indiana Jones movies, uh, Crystal Skull excluded because it takes place in the 60s, you know, deals with Nazis mostly as the villain. So this is almost like they're trying to create this other tribe. And maybe it's based on a real tribe, I don't know. I never actually looked it up. But it's almost like it's it's their other way of going, oh, this is another organization that tried to take over the world right. by getting these five stones. And what are those five stones going to do and how are they going to do it? They don't explain it ever. But they're looking for them. Yeah. Don't know how those five stones are going to help them take over the world. <laughs> But when, when all five together, we didn't really provide a context over how that'll... And I mean, he's 
already pretty powerful being able to put his hand yeah. to people and take their heart. Does he need five stones? What like, could, well, I guess that's a good point. What could he do with five? Yeah. But then, oh, I guess the stones are right there. I was thinking that it's like, that it's not really, he was able to do that because the stones are nearby, but when he's with Andy, Andy's got the stones in the bag. So yes, that would make sense that if the stones are giving him the power, huh? Yeah. I never thought about his power deriving from the stones. That's interesting. That's, yeah. No, that's totally what it is. It, it must be, right? Because he's yeah. not just, I mean, maybe he's just magic. No, he's some... Well, and that's what's interesting with Indiana Jones is, like, he's... His character is, uh, you know, he's an archaeologist. He's a man of science. He even says that at one point in the movie. He's like, I'm a man of science. Uh, and his arc in the first movie is fantastic. His arc in the, in the first movie is basically learning how to have faith in things, which is kind of the same arc in this movie. So then that's the other thing that ruins it by this being a, a prequel is that, well, then he unlearns it somehow when he goes back to Raiders. And suddenly doesn't believe in right. the fantastic again. <laughs> but we'll just, we're going to forget about that and, and let that go. And then let Raiders be its own perfect thing. <laughs> uh, that's my choice as a, as a film goer. Uh, yeah, I mean, the stuff that I always loved as a kid, like Short Round was was a highlight for me. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you've seen Goonies, right? Yes. Yeah, so he's the kid, he's Data from Goonies. Oh! As well. Okay, right? amazing. Uh, and this movie always made me think of Goonies too because of how they just, I mean, Goonies is always like they just, they go into the restaurant and then they're stuck in this cave and they have no choice but to continue on and find the place. And it always, I saw that corollary where it's very similar. It's like they go through Willie's, not really a hotel room, but palace room. Uh, and then they were just kind of on the path to, to keep going. They can't really turn back once they've locked that room up. Yeah. Why does he take her with him on the plane? On the plane? Well, he, I mean, he he grabs, he pulls her out of the nightclub because she's got the, the antidote in her yes. bra or between her breasts or wherever she stored it inside of her dress. Yes. Uh, I only assume it's just that it's because they're running away and he assumes that if she goes back, she'll be killed. Okay. Because while they're at the table... He threatens to kill her, and they're like, go ahead. We right. do not give a shit. Yeah. So it's probably, there's not much for her to stick around for. Fair. I, th- I assume I don't know. Yeah. And I, I honestly... I, I was just like, okay, you, now she's a slave. <laughs> you effectively taken a slave. Or, and before or, she was like choosing to be a slave. Yeah, a hostage. Yeah. yeah. If nothing else. Yeah. Yeah, it's not like... Is she going willingly? She's got her arm the whole time. To be honest, this is bad male person of me, but I've never really... I, I guess I just assumed that she felt she was in danger and she was going along willingly. Okay. But uh, next time I watch it, I'll look at his arm placement and see if he's dragging yeah. her. Because later she does say, like, I just want to go back to the life that I had. And she had a little she garden. Was, she had yeah. a little house. Yeah. <laughs> Very happy about it, so... But Willie's also opportunistic. Okay, yeah. Because there's a moment where... You know, she realizes that the the Maharaji is doesn't have a wife before she meets him. Yes. And then she's like, yeah, I'm going to, you know, you get the sense that she's going to angle for that that position. Yeah. And then realizes it's a kid. And then not too long after, she makes another comment that makes you think, oh, she's still going to go for it. <laughs> she's uh, She's kind of made peace with it. 
Despite the fact that she would only be able to eat fruit at that place, apparently. Yeah. Because she would never, ever be able to eat a meal. I mean, it's not bugs or monkey brains, so she seemed pretty happy about it. Oh, I was... I was... My white mouth was watering at that fruit. I was like, hmm. (laughs) These apples look good. Although, I don't know where they're growing apples in that... uh, I guess apples grow... In, I don't know. I don't know much about the fruit <laughs> culture, so I'm going to shut up now before I say something culturally insensitive uh, and ignorant. Yeah, like all the stuff that I always loved. I loved, you know, the traps, all, all the, the, the kind of token things that Indiana Jones always has. Okay, can we talk about... There's three major deaths that happen the same way for me. And I was like, oh, interesting. Why does... Why did he choose to make this happen three times the same way? So first the fan, it's a spinning thing. Yeah. And the guy gets stuck in it and then dies. Yeah. And then um, the person who was the, was it the British guy that was helping um, the Maharaji at the beginning? When he is down in the tomb, um, or in the temple, the rather. The Prime Minister? Yeah, the Prime yeah. Minister. When he's in the temple... Um, he he gets caught in the spinning. Um, he doesn't die though. That gets brought down. Okay, he, he doesn't, doesn't die. die. Well, later, you, he, nothing. You don't ever see him again. I don't think. Okay. But after that, he's kind of just like on the ground, rolling around a little bit in pain. Okay. So he doesn't technically die. Okay, fair. Uh, and then and then the the big broody guy yeah. gets caught and in, uh, yeah, in the same spinning. And there's there's a death like that in Raiders as well, mm. where. Uh, uh, spoiler for those who haven't seen Raiders, including you who have seen <laughs> it but don't remember it. Uh, there's a there's a scene where he get a guy gets killed by a, a, a prop propeller plane, okay, a blade that's spinning around and it he's not paying attention to it coming towards him. So I don't know if it's just one of those. Tr- I think it's in a way they do it uh, for the two of them that are deaths in this movie. Uh, it's a way to make to have Indiana Jones kill someone without it being his fault. Okay. Because those are both technically accidents. Right. He didn't. Th- he didn't maliciously throw that person's ter- uh, like that that piece of fabric that's attached to him under the thing. It got caught there. Right. He didn't help him, but he sure. But he didn't. He didn't do it. You right. know. Uh, although that said, in the opening scene, he like. Right out, grabs this on fire spear of meat and chucks it in that guy's chest. Yeah. So Indiana Jones is not above murdering a guy. <laughs> uh, you could argue he is under the influence of poison at the time. Yeah. So uh, there's that. Uh, I can only I can only think that it's like to give to, to let Indiana Jones kill people without it being with it being an accident. Yeah. I don't know to let him continue to be a hero. Yeah. I just thought, like, by the third one, I was like, okay, I know he's going to die this way. Yeah. Although, what a great moment where it's like the guy, it, he disappears under and then just the blood comes out. Yeah. Like, that's just pure Spielberg, kind of cheesy, but also awesome at the same time. Yeah. Yeah, and definitely, like, I think part of the reason I loved this one the most as a kid was, like, the roller coaster sequence. Which is the... Which you don't think has anything to do with, like, a money influence? Like, was that in the brainstorming session? Oh, money in terms of just... Okay, guys, we need to continue making money off this movie later. 
put a roller coaster in it. We're gonna make the roller coaster, and then everyone's. Gonna I don't know if they ever did. Oh really? I don't think they ever made a ride, okay. which is, doesn't make any sense. You think that should be a ride it's, at it's a theme already park? Already a ride, yeah. <laughs> it should have been. I, 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 as far as I know, there was no minecart. Indiana Jones ride that existed because I would have rode the fuck out of that <laughs> as a kid. Though that said, watching it this time, I started to like not off during that sequence because it goes on forever. It's long. It's real long. Yeah. They, Spielberg loves that sequence. <laughs> um, yeah. The one thing that's uh, this is this is the first time I've watched it in here on the on the bigger screen. Like the one thing about that Blu-ray does not help. On a, on a on a big screen is seeing where they're doing all the special effects. Absolutely, because you you can just see those mats and those the green screening they're doing, and where you know, or where it's like dummies in the cart and they're just like. But <laughs> also, it's just like moments where there's that one where they they're walking into right before they get into the um, the kind of uh, the sacrifice scene for the first time. Where there's this cave shot, and they're they're walking through this cave, and they're in the distance, yeah. and you can clearly see that they've been like matted in. Uh, whereas a kid, I'm sure that just blended in nicely because it was a bit grainier, and the film, right. and the film wasn't as clean and perfect. Yeah. Uh, but they had they haven't really and they haven't gone to redo those shots in a way that holds up now. Yeah. Uh, and just every time someone falls, basically, yeah, you can see the outlining. Or when they're at the end, when they're like climbing up the cliff as well. Yeah. Not so great. No, that, that's just didn't. People are falling. I actually thought that the dummy, the dummies when they're the the um, raft comes out of the plane, it's pretty good. That's yeah. That sequence is pretty impressive. That was very good. Yeah. And I wonder, I can't remember if it's on the making of or not. How many times they had to do that to have it like come out and open up perfectly? Open up and like not flip over and just like dump them out yeah like, like you can't just imagine the right way that's something time. that they got lucky with the first time around oh sure. that's also second unit that was some poor bastard <laughs> who had to spend probably two days of his life shooting that sequence i can only imagine yeah uh but it's, it's so well done yeah but super convenient that they land like at the top of a mountain in winter where they like in snowy weather where they could not survive because they have nothing. Yeah. In the ways of warm clothing. And then it just like brings them into like the warmest climate. Yeah. Just like they just float on down. <laughs> they do fall off a mountain. <laughs> yeah. Yes. They so, uh, you know, they, they, they earn uh, they earn the <laughs> reprieve by the time they get to the bottom. Yeah. To some extent. But yeah, I mean, the whole thing is just this one... Non- it's a lot of luck. Yeah. Like, he's very skilled, but it's a lot of luck, too. Yeah, which I think is okay, because then he's just... Every time he gets lucky, then all of a sudden there's more danger. Right. You know, it's like right at the beginning, he gets away in the plane. He's like, nice try, Laoshe. He closes the doors, it's Laoshe. Yeah. It's like, oh, shit. It's like that plane is not going to be safe for him. So it's like he thinks he got away, but he didn't. You know, the movie constantly does give him little chances but then instantly kind of upends them and and makes it worse mm-hmm. to some extent so yeah i like that he when he gets to meet the maharaji that he's suddenly dressed as a professor with glasses and like this little bow tie yeah well they got <laughs> he, he he's constantly sending shorty for their stuff yeah. Which is like, they they pack pretty light. Yeah. So he's got at least three outfits. He's got his typical Indiana Jones gear. He's got the professor gear. 
And he's got the white suit jacket. Did they have contacts in the 1930s? Or does he just do everything without glasses except for when he's having a conversation with people? Maybe he's, he's <laughs> short. Maybe he's probably farsighted or nearsighted, whichever one you can see far away, and he just yeah. needs them for reading. Sure. Maybe. Or that's just like his Clark Kent Superman yeah. thing. Because I think... I was. I think at one point I did pay attention to, and I think the the shirt he's wearing as the as Professor Indy, as Doctor Jones, uh, is the same shirt he wears as uh, as Indy. It's just buttoned up with a bow tie. Oh, okay. I think that's the same. Okay. Um, and we maybe can... the pants are, and he changes the jacket into a leather jacket. I, right. I can't remember the pants. I'm sure, you could look at it and notice, but I think the shirt is actually the same color. I think. Okay. Which would make sense. Yeah, absolutely. Because that's, you know, he'd be efficient. He only wants to have one outfit. Yeah. Uh, and then he just has to change the jackets up. Yeah. A although he definitely coat. has a tux, the sports coat he has. Oh, yeah. Although maybe he, he ditches that in the plane. Yeah, she was wearing it for a little bit, I feel. She, yeah, she has she her, her She took the jacket yeah. to, keep, uh, to keep warm. Yeah. Okay, so when you just said Dr. Jones, it reminded me that... There's an Aqua song called Dr. Jones, and it's the exact lines from this movie. And so that's a reference I never understood, but I know that song. Like, very oh, hilarious. Well. I will have to look up that song now. I don't know it. Yeah, it's like the chorus is just like, Dr. Jones, Dr. Jones, wake up now. Hilarious. Dr. Jones, Dr. Jones, calling you Dr. Call Jones. You call him Dr. Jones, lady. Yeah. <laughs> oh, short round. <laughs> The, the amount of joy I got at Sharon as a kid. Driving that car with those blocks on his feet. Yeah. Sharon was the coolest. I was waiting, and I'm glad that he they explained it. I was waiting, like, right away. I was like, what's the backstory? Where's here? his parents? How, yeah, like, how did you guys come to be a team? Tell me. I need to know. Yeah, I love that scene where they're playing poker, and they're both... And Shorty is cheating, and yeah. he... It's, I love that. But it's also one of the saddest things, and not the... Again, spoiler, is we never see Shortround again. Really? Yeah, he's not in any of the sequels. Or the movies that come, that come after. Is which, there a throwaway, like, explanation to that? Or no. No, because no, okay. the, the third one takes place, I guess, two years later. No, Three years later in the chronology, and it, it's it's during World War Two again. It's back into the Nazi stuff, and then you know when they get under Crystal Skull. Who knows? They're they are making a fifth movie allegedly, um, and so maybe we maybe Short Round will come back. That would be oh my god! <laughs> I would be so happy if Is they. Because here's the thing. I know they're here's what I'm gonna throw out there right now, internet, and 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 I assume Steven Spielberg listens to my podcast. <laughs> um, Here's my pitch. I know you tried to like do the passing the torch thing by bringing Shia into the movie, and uh, and clearly you're not going to do that anymore. Have Short Round take over. Bring Short Round as an as, a, in a, as an adult and have him like. If you want to have the fans go crazy, bring Short Round in as a sidekick in the next movie as an adult Short Round, and have him take over the mantle of Indiana Jones. I'm sold. Right? Yeah. I'd watch 100%. a short round spinoff. Yeah. Fuck yes, I would. A hundred percent. I don't know what that guy's doing now. I think he's a lawyer somewhere. Oh, he's I, not acting anymore? I don't think <laughs> okay. so. Let's look him up. But um, I know that they did, uh, when Goonies had um, one of their anniversaries, there was a bunch of articles about where are they now? 
And uh, I know that the guy that plays Chunk is like a talent agent, I think. Uh, but the kid that plays Short Round, I can't, his name is Jonathan Kikwan. Uh, I love that he never gets a name other than Short Round. He has miscellaneous credits in X-Men. Weird. What were you doing? So he has 12 acting credits up until the early 2000s. And then, well, then he's a stunt guy. He's an editor on one thing. What did he edit? A short film called Voodoo? <laughs> Man, this guy's career. He stunts. He did stunts and... He was a stunt rigger in X-Men. Wow. What? And then a stunt coordinator in Enigma. So maybe that's what he went on to do. He, he was a cinematographer on... The, oh, this Voodoo short. He must have made this himself. Yeah, he made his own short. Huh. It's too bad. Anyway, bring back Short Round. Please bring back Short Round. Everyone wants more Short Round. Even if it's not the same actor? Oh, it has to be the same actor. Okay. Don't you fucking dare. <laughs> if it's not, then don't bother. I don't want, I don't want like, Stephen Yun coming in. And I, nothing against Stephen Yun. He's, <laughs> he's, uh, was Glenn on The Walking Dead, yeah. for those who don't watch Walking Dead. Uh, and those who do, but don't know actors' names. Uh, but I do not want anyone else playing short round but this guy. But the short round? Yes! Yeah. Otherwise, what? Don't, don't, yeah. Otherwise, it's not worth it. Don't do it. I Is do. Harrison coming back for Fox? Oh, of course. They can't make it without him. Okay. Yeah, and I think, I think that's one of those characters he'll continue to play until he dies. Okay. You know? So there's a love for that one. Oh, I think so, for sure. Okay. There's something about... Because I think he had, a, he had a big hand in it. Do you know who was supposed to originally be uh, Indiana Jones? No. I'm sure there's more than just this. But the big one, and I think it almost happened, was it was Tom Selleck. <laughs> we got to remember okay. this, what, the t- what time it is. It's, it's late 80s, Magnum, Magnum P.I. Magnum P.I., yeah. You know? is <gasps> the hottest show in the world. Wait. And there was, there was a legitimate like play to try to make Tom Selleck into a movie star following the, the success of the TV show. With a mustache, you think? We do, we'll never know. <laughs> We're never, ever, ever going to know. Um, but then... You know, this is this is coming back and forth between uh, they Harrison Ford had just done Star Wars with George Lucas and George Lucas wrote this, so I think uh, they were like, "Hey, this guy is pretty good," and so I think he was. I'm sure one of the earlier considerations, but I think if you if you Google it, you can find a, a list of other actors that were considered for the part. Uh, but Thomas Selleck is one of those things that blows people's mind now because yeah. yeah, everyone knows who Tom Selleck is, but he never became like. The Harrison Ford of his generation, no. you know. I don't even know anything apart from Magnum P.I. and Friends that he's done. Yeah, I was going to say those are the two. Oh, Three Men and a Baby. Oh, yeah. Okay, right? yeah. Uh, but it's it's fun to think of like what a different movie that would have been to yeah. have Tom Selleck be Indiana Jones. Yeah. There's just something about like Harrison Ford's look. Like he's got this, I don't know, this charm and like a little bit of ego and it's I hate to say it like attractive and yeah. and yeah I just don't think that Tom Selleck would have pulled it off in the same sort of way no it doesn't it doesn't I think Tom Selleck is a bit more all-american yeah in a way I think it would have been that 
where there's definitely, I mean, they mentioned at some point uh, during the dinner scene in this movie how uh, uh, at one point Indiana Jones was uh, rumored to be a grave robber. You know, he's just... Right. So it's like the, you get this idea of like a dark past yeah. where he's not always playing by the rules. He's the playboy archaeologist <laughs> who wears a leather jacket. Who's, yeah, and who's um, like really into... Like motivated by money, which I thought was interesting. Like he wants the reward. I thought that from what I knew of the franchise, which is not a lot, that he was a archaeologist first and was really interested in finding artifacts, not in getting the monetary value for those artifacts. Well, that does play into. I mean, basically, you know, the second one starts with him on an adventure. And then showing up back at the the university he teaches at, and, he, and there's this character named Marcus Brody who's in a couple of the movies, and he hands over some things to him, and he's like, and he's the Marcus runs the museum, and he's like, yeah, yeah, I'll make sure you get some money for these. So it does set up the concept that he is, that's so how he funds his adventures and funds his life outside of being a professor right. at at a, <laughs> at a university. He. Uh, he goes on these adventures and, and gets paid to bring back treasures that go into museums. Oh, so they do get into legitimate places. not Because from this... Yeah, movie, he's not like selling them to private collectors. It's not like black market stuff. Oh, okay. Like he's selling them. And, and I think he justifies it that it's... You know, he takes the money because obviously it costs money to, to... There's some expenses involved in obtaining these things. Mm-hmm. Um... But he does have that university job, so you get the sense that it's like, he still needs to do that, so he's probably not taking more money. He's not being greedy, probably. Um, and then uh, and then that also, it's like they're going to museums, so everyone will be able to enjoy them and look at them. Okay. You know, and that's okay. That makes it okay, because they're going to be studied and looked at by other people in the world, and that's how he gets away with it. Morally. Except for the one that was set up in the beginning of this film, right? Yeah. Uh well uh yeah that's that you get a sense he's just he well it's what is it it's uh ashes yeah of some great emperor yeah yeah who that 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 one's a bit more not good okay but he gets his own for that he doesn't <laughs> yeah, get rewarded yeah. for it true <laughs> uh and then there's this great sequence the, the the one sequence I do really like in Crystal Skull is there's a moment when he's at a museum and they actually have a bust of of Marcus Brody in the scene. But he's going, he's looking through this display case and it's almost like he's staring at all these treasures he's brought back over the years and you get this sense of these other adventures he went on. Mm. Uh, yeah, and it's fun. It's, there's, a, there's a nice nostalgia to it. Mm. Uh, what else? Anything else? No, it was... Oh, well, the heart, the heart thing. So at the beginning, um, I was getting into this before the uh the female protagonist definitely had me turned off but when the heart scene happened when he first takes the guy's heart out and then sacrifices him to the fire i was like frozen and just like could not take my eyes away and no longer was upset by you know like or turned off and like you know somewhere else interesting because that was the moment it was one moment i was like i wanted to see what what your reaction was Oh, and I, you did. I just saw your jaw drop a little bit. Yeah. So why did it drop? To walk me through your 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 mind process in that. 
I didn't think that there was going to be like a real mystical element to it. And so that surprised me. But also just the visual of seeing that was it was really well done and very disgusting. And and then the fact that the guy s- still lives afterwards, I was like, what? I've never seen anything like this before. Yeah. You know. And you said that, so that took you out because there was something else going on before that was the woman's stuff? Yeah. And then that happened and all of a sudden you didn't... It, yeah, I was like, okay, whatever. This is great. <laughs> this well, is great. That, that nonsense thing <laughs> happened, so now I, I, I yeah. That's fascinating. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. And then they don't try to take Willie's heart out, though. Yeah. Because I guess they, they had no can't. hearts that day. Well, they can't because then... That, but that's the one thing where I'm like, eh. They do, yeah. they do do like a psych out where it looks like they're going to. Yeah. But they can't. I guess can. they explain it because um, Indiana like, is the one that is gonna do it. sends her down. Yeah. And so I don't know. It's a bit of a... Yeah, it makes sense. It's like you want Willie to, to go on living, I guess. Yeah. Although, man, it would have been a nice dark turn to have Indiana Jones or someone that would then like... Willie dies in that moment. Yeah. And there would be like a real... Because we don't need... We don't see any of them in the sequels. We don't okay. need them for later on. Willie Willie could have died. Uh, but I think that would have been the wrong move. <laughs> I think they, they went with the right... The right ending there. Or not ending, but the right uh, right story choices there. Yeah. And she's all dressed up in like a fancy sacrificial thing. But the other guy who was sacrificed first is just like... He's got a lay on. Yeah. Who knows where they got him from? <laughs> he's just some random dude. Yeah. I don't know if he's one of the slaves. He's a bit older, too old to be one of the slaves. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's interesting. Yeah, the whole, you asked earlier, and we, we didn't really get into it. I don't know if it's like those guys on the other side of that chasm that are all bowing down, if they're all brainwashed. Yeah. There's two, like, older kids at one point that are like, know that they're about to get brainwashed, that they're in that cage with them. It's not real clear who's brainwashed and who's not yeah. in this and how the brainwashing really works. And how it just gets taken away by, by like fire. a little bit of fire. Yeah, you get nicked by fire and all of a sudden you wake right, the, right back up. Yeah. Yeah, and it's like, is it just this one dude that's controlling everybody? Yeah. You know, because the prime minister is in on it. But was in, in, that's what I was, I was never clear on and still I'm not. Yeah. Uh, whether or not the... The kid definitely doesn't seem like it. The kid seems like when he snapped out of it, he's horrified by his actions and then tells him how to get out. Um, but that's what makes me go, do they just like brainwash him back and forth as they need him to? So why do you think at the dinner that he's not brainwashed then? Because he speaks up for um, their earlier practices and, and says that they're bad? Yeah, I guess... But that doesn't mean anything. I, right. I could be wrong. I really don't know. Internet, tell me. <laughs> tell us what you think, because I'm very. I've never been clear on that, or whether or not that like him and the prime minister are both just mugging and try. I would say I wouldn't be surprised if the prime minister. I think the prime minister's in on it because he is definitely not comfortable with that that British officer being yeah. there because he's definitely he knows he's there to inspect them. So that's definitely a thing. The kid is a question mark for me. Okay. I think I want to believe that the kid's innocent, uh, but I don't know. Right. Well, he is because at the end, he's definitely innocent because he gets, he gets taken out of it at the end. But I don't know if in that opening dinner scene, he's brainwashed or not. It'd be nice, actually, if he was because he's kind of a dick. 
He's sitting there. He's yawning. Yeah, the yawn. He's bored. So maybe I want him to be brainwashed in the opening scene. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's there's a lot that they don't cover about the kind of the backstory and the etymology of, of some of it. Yeah. But it's okay. It's meant to be yeah. a kid's adventure movie, ultimately. <laughs> like, they were, these were designed by, by Lucas and Spielberg to be like, kind of like those Saturday morning serials that they, they grew up loving when they were kids. There were these little movies that played before the big feature. Okay. And they'd be like, and they'd play a different one every week, and it'd be like just part of an adventure. Oh. So you come back and like some of them were Lone Ranger ones and whatnot. So they'd always end on a cliffhanger and you come back next week and the cliffhanger would be resolved like that. <laughs> and then uh, and then it would pick up and you get another five to ten minutes of, of the next part of the story. And then come back next week and here's your movie. Oh, wow. Amazing. So that was kind of what inspired them to... That, that was the inspiration for uh, Lucas anyway to come up with the character. From one of those, yeah, I think just the feature. Yeah, I think just I think that that was like the vibe and tone they were going after. Yeah, when they when they started off, I like that. Yeah, it's fun. Yeah, it's a fun movie. Oh, good. I'm glad you. Does this inspire you to want to go back and 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 watch any of the other ones? Absolutely. You got to watch Raiders again. Promise me you'll do that. I promise I will. Watch. Right I think it's again. it's even on Netflix. I think they're. Oh, yeah? uh, I think okay. they're they're on. I I believe I've seen them on a streaming service of some kind. Okay. I believe that they're available. Um, but yeah, they're just. I mean, Raiders in particular. Isn't Sean Connery in? in Sean the, Connery. In what do you want me to tell you? He's I, he, he's his dad, right? Yes. Okay, so yeah. Yeah, and that's kind of a nod also to, and especially that's the the vibe you get in Temple of Doom. Is that Indiana Jones is kind of meant to be like an alternative to Bond as well. Oh, He's like okay. a James Bond type character who can just go on all these different adventures. Right. And each adventure is kind of standalone-ish. Uh, and so, you know, Sean Connery was the original James Bond. And oh, so it's okay. like, it's almost like their little nod that he's the son of James Bond. Although what's fun is that Sean Connery plays such an opposite character of James Bond. He plays like a nebbish old scientist who doesn't look like he's had an adventure a day in his life and just belongs in the library. Okay, so it's not Indiana continuing on. No, 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 no. Like his dad is just pure scholar. Okay. It's like part of of the running thing in the movie is how different they are. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's fun. Yeah, it's a really great... It's especially if you're like familiar with earlier Sean Connery work where he plays the suave veneer, you get a <laughs> you get a real twist. Although there was moments in that movie where he does make comments about adventures he went on, but you can't imagine that they're anything close to what Indiana Jones's are. They're fascinating anyway. Okay. Uh yeah. So Last Crusade. Raiders first, then Last Crusade. You can probably not revisit Crystal Skull. Okay. <laughs> uh, and then if you can track down any of the episodes of Young Indiana Jones, they might be on YouTube somewhere. It might be fun just to... Who's, who plays Young Indiana? In, the, in, in Last Crusade, it's River Phoenix. Oh. Before he, before he died, obviously. Yes. Yeah, rest in peace. Uh, so clearly it wasn't him. It, what's interesting about the Young Indiana Jones Chronicles is they take place over... In different time periods, so there's a couple of different people playing him. Oh, okay. Because there's a couple of stories when he's like six, and a couple when he's like a teenager. 
Uh, and every now and then you see him as an old, old man. Oh. Uh, so it's, there's not just one person playing him. I'm trying to think how many different actors play him. There's at least three. Okay. If you count the old man, there might be four. But uh, I think it went a season or two. It was interesting. It was an interesting show. Um, interesting good. I don't remember, to be honest. <laughs> I remember watching it because I was big in Indiana Jones. Right. And I think I liked it, but I think I was also at that age where if you showed me anything that was part of a series that I liked, I'd probably find some way to justify going, yeah, it's good. You yeah. know? It's probably more, probably wasn't as exciting because it was TV. So, you know, they wouldn't have had the big set pieces that they had the movies have. It would have been like lighter versions of all of that. Right. Uh, but also it was just like the idea that it's like, even as a teenager, he's this globe trotting person felt odd, mm-hmm. especially given what you learn about him as a kid in the third movie. Also, oh, some of it conflicts. Well, the third movie bit. starts that the reason why it, it inspired it, the third movie opens, uh, with Indiana Jones as a teenager. Oh. And then, uh, and that's where Phoenix plays him in that sequence. And then and you meet his dad, and, and that kind of sets up their dynamic. Okay. And then it cuts to 30 years later, or 20 years later, or whatever it is. Um, spoiler for the opening of, of the third one. <laughs> uh, but it's great. The opening to the third one is is entirely different as well. Okay. That's what I love. It is the, the opening sequence, all three of these are so vastly different. Yeah. Uh, he actually kind of looked James Bondy in the beginning, in the opening of this one. Yeah, I think that that's all intentional. Yeah. Okay. Like I think at that point they were trying to say that I think especially going into a sequel, I think they're they're doing a couple things where they're trying they're, they're I think they're just throwing nods all over the place. So in the second one that's their nod, in the third one the nod is actually casting a James Bond to play his dad. But uh, here it's almost like they're saying is like, look, it's just like Bond, we can have standalone adventures. Uh, this sequel doesn't have to reference anything in the last movie. Yeah. And, you know, just the way the Bond movies, uh, with few exceptions, kind of all stand alone. Right. I think that's kind of what they're trying to, to lay down with that. And does Bond always get the girl? Oh, multiple girls. Okay. Bond <laughs> usually, yeah. And a lot of them double-cross him. Oh. You know, they, uh, they it doesn't always work out. Sometimes they die. Oh. You know? It's not, sometimes they die at the beginning and he's avenging them. There's, I mean, it's, I mean, you, I did a whole series on the James Bond movies by myself. You can yeah. look at them in the back episodes. Uh, yeah, the early one James Bond movies in particular are not, uh, if you have a problem with the treatment of women in these movies, in this movie, oh man, uh, Sean Connery is a bit rapey. Oh no! In uh, those earlier movies, yeah, okay. I, I had a problem rewatching those earlier ones. They get better. A little bit rapey in this one too. Maybe I don't know. I just like because at the end of this movie, she goes to walk away. She says she's done everything she's doing. Her body language, her, the words coming out of her mouth. She's like, I don't want anything to do with you. And then he just whips her and like pulls her in and then kisses her. And I'm like, uh. <laughs> Yeah. She said no so many different ways with all of her being. All of her being. And that's the ending of the movie. Yeah. That's not even earlier on. Yeah. That was that time. There was also a moment, and this is another Harrison Ford moment in Blade Runner, where there's this very yes. similar moment where you're like, yes. oof. Like when we, we rewatched that for the podcast. And I forgot about that scene and how it played, but ooh, watching it this time, it was like, gee. Yeah. Uh, but that's also kind of a trope of 
you know, these strong men just, and women like it when you just grab them and kiss them, mm-hmm. you know? <laughs> it's like, ah, do they? Yeah. Do they, especially when they say, I don't want you anywhere near me, blush, blush, throw my hair. <laughs> and she wasn't necessarily doing that either. No. Yeah. Yeah, there's certain things that just don't don't hold up. No. Now they now now you'd get a meta joke out of that. Right. You'd be like, I don't know if I'm supposed to kiss you now or if I if you're actually running away. I don't know if you actually are saying that you want nothing to do with me because you want nothing to do with me, or if you want me to like come after you. It's really unclear, and I don't want to cross any boundaries. I that's, feel like I would enjoy that. that that's Coming how out of Harrison Ford's mouth, I think that would be pretty funny. Yeah, that's how you would do it now, just yeah. to like play into the trope, but also like. You know, let it be 2019. Yeah, that's my wish for Indiana. Fox. That's how I would. Re- <laughs> that's how I would write an Indiana Jones movie. Indiana yeah. Jones making comments like that. Yeah, it's like the way you're talking to me right now makes me think that you want me to grab you, but I don't want to do that because I don't want to be that guy. <laughs> I'm ready to do it any second. You just give me the nod, and I'll whip you right to me. Just yeah. let me. Know. Yeah, I, I can do it. I <laughs> and I won't even hurt you. Yeah, <laughs> it, it, it'll seem really painful. Because of the way when I whip other people, it hurts them. Yeah. But I got a real gentle touch if I need it. Yeah. Hilarious. <laughs> well, thanks for coming over. Thanks for having me. <laughs> thanks for joining us for Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom. Black Hole Films is a proud member of the That Shelf Podcast Network. You can listen to other episodes of our show and other That Shelf podcasts on thatshelf.com. Please subscribe, leave comments, spread the word, do all the things that let others know you like the show and how they can check it out. You can find me on Twitter, at Lon Jeremy, and go to Facebook and join the group Black Hole Films. And until next time, go watch something you've never seen before. Thanks. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a